Welcome to the Nine Brawl Podcast, where we tackle daily life challenges and apply God's word to illuminate and preserve his truth while leading others to salvation through Christ Jesus. Let's join your hosts. Welcome everybody, this is Jeff Anthony and Sean Campbell and Clint Walker today. Yeah. Welcome back. So, uh, I shared with Clint uh, that my nephew was uh, excited because he's going to be visiting me here soon. He's like, I can't wait to meet Sean and Clint. So, (laughs) I was super happy, like, cool, you listened to last week's podcast. I hope he's not disappointed. (laughs) Well, (laughs) (laughs) tell him to listen to a lot more than last week and he'll have his expectations moderated. Uh, With that being said, uh, he gave me some feedback. Okay. What do you say? He said, um, you ever think about finishing your thoughts? <laughs> ADD never finishes the thoughts. <laughs> exactly. I finish it in my head. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, what are some, did he say anything specific? Or just felt like we left some things hanging? Well, obviously, we, we felt that we left things hanging, right? And um, I want to thank you and obviously uh, the ladies uh, for giving me their honest feedback and what they listened to as well, that we did leave uh, a couple things unfinished. Um, I think the content that we did was really important so they can see a good uh, example of what it was like for us to date. Obviously, we're all married now to the people we were dating, but all the mumble jumble that happens before then, right? So um, I don't think we left any really good knowledge other than, hey, this is... This was our mess. <laughs> this is what not to do. It was pretty much just warning signs. Like you drive down the highway and you see the warning signs. This is where not to go. All right. So this is this, you, this leads to disaster. Don't go that way. So we talked afterwards about some things that the video discussed. Um, in something that I really wish I knew about um, boundaries. They mentioned several times in in the video. And that's something that I had no idea about. But in my study since then, and really seeking God's word and his direction for our lives, we know we're sinful. We know we're broken. And it's like walking into <laughs> walking into a situation, you know, a drunk walking into a bar. They know they can't do that. And being sexually broken, I thought, well... I need to surround myself with girls because that makes me feel better. I didn't realize that I needed to build boundaries. I need to realize that my desire is to push the envelope. And so making a boundary, creating a safe place where I know I'm more likely to follow God's word. Um, And some of those are really simple. It was, you know, Choosing not to be alone with a girl that I was attracted to. And it's not necessarily just um, being around your parents all the time. It is, we'll come back to this, it is about being around good friends who will challenge you, who will help you make the right decisions when it comes to those romantic relationships. But sin breeds in darkness, and darkness surrounds alone time between opposite sexes. And so just that is something really easy. It feels clunky at first, but when you build a boundary into your interaction with people that you're attracted to, you can, it's easier to make those right decisions. And then that, that leads me into the 
finding good friends. Good friends will challenge you. Good friends will help you make the right decisions. And you know, good friends aren't, it's not about, you know, isolating yourself from the world, but it is understanding that the world's going to see things differently than you. We need to be equally yoked, both in our romantic relationships, but in our friend relationships too. So a an obvious but good option is at church. Um, not all your friends at church are going to be good friends, but I think you're more likely to find good friends at church. But it might not just be there. Um, you know, we've got a lot of young men, um, a few good young men who are going to uh, A&M, and I've heard Aggies for Christ. I think that's going to be a great opportunity to to meet equally strong Christians that they would be seeking the right the right things and being surrounded in that good company. You know, Scripture talks about that. Is that bad company corrupts good morals? So the inverse of that is true. That good company helps strengthen morals. And so I think those are two really important things that that I wish I knew that I wish I was able to do. And I didn't think about it because nobody told me. They only told me, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. And positive reinforcement is much more effective. So if we remember to do this, to build boundaries, to make safe decisions, to make responsible plans ahead of time, so that when when you want to do more than you're supposed to, to do when she wants to do more than you're supposed to do, that there's a safety net built in to hold you back. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> well, um, I think that's great. Makes me think of uh, Peter and Paul. Yep. Right. They're, they were friends. They were brothers. But <clears throat> Paul never held back when Peter was wrong about something. Right. And scripture doesn't never show Peter uh, scolding Paul. Right. Right. <laughs> but. I'm sure what's not written, there was conversations amongst each other, right? Enough to not feel offended, but to be like concerned, like, wow, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, I missed the mark on that one. Thank you for, for letting me know about that. And I think we have honest conversations and we uh, discuss with the class and people that we encounter to tell them, please hold me accountable. Yeah. Right. So uh, I texted you midweek about our, the conference that I went to, they were talking about trust, yeah. right? And of course I laugh because it's a company, it's a company mission thing. And they're like company first, right? So like the company trusts you, they pay you so do to do your job. You need to trust yourself that you're going to do the right thing and do your job. But the third thing really stuck out to me is that you give trust to be broken and to be regained, right? And I, and I was like, well, that's, isn't that friendship? As much as you and I, we consider us our brothers, there probably will be a moment that you're like, man, you really hurt me. Man. That hurt, yeah. Right? <clears throat> but the love that I have for you, understanding that I hurt you, it's not because, oh, I just need to get in your good graces. It's the part of like, I hurt you, and I want to show you that I love you, and that I want that through God's grace, you'll eventually allow that trust to be rebuilt. Yeah. Right? Because you imagine God does that for us. I trust that you'll do the right thing. And when you hurt me, I'm going to allow you to come back. Right. And so we do need friends and we should not be easily offended. What's Clint's famous thing that he tells you? Yeah. He said, uh, Christians should be the least offended people on earth. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> we should be so grounded in what we believe and what, what we have faith in that it doesn't matter what these lost sinners think about us. 
what they say about our God or whatever, that we should just know that that stuff's going to happen. So why should I take offense to you being lost in your sin and saying some stuff out of your own, your pain? Why should I let myself be offended by that and drag myself down? That ties into what I always say is you can't expect people who don't know Jesus to Mm -hmm. act like they know Jesus. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And even for those who do know Jesus, right? (laughs) What was today about? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Bacon. Wait, bacon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but right. It's the part of the sermon today when he was just talking about our convictions and our preferences, not not standing in the way of someone else, right, to cause them to stumble. And I've shared uh, with you how I approach uh, family members and friends uh, of different denominations and what their beliefs are, uh, enough to be like, hey, look, I'm not going to fight with you to try to convert you because the truth is I'm causing you to stumble because I'm making myself out to be the righteous one and the one that's correct versus being unified on what is correct. Right, that Jesus is our Savior, that He died and resurrected to save us, that He is the way, the truth, and the life. Right, so I focus on that, and doesn't you know whether they believe in Calvinism or Campbellism or whatever it is? Okay, great. But do you believe that Jesus died for you, and that through your repentance that you're saved because of Him? That's all we focus on. So we have to have that grace and be like, cool. Like, and I take it serious, man, because I, when I think about, it, he's like. If you, if you cause a child to stumble, man, it is worse. It's it's going to be a lot worse for you, right, than having a millstone wrapped around your neck and thrown into the lake or the water. Right. And we're all children of God. So yes. It's not just literally we're worried about messing up a little kid, but, like, we're all kids yep. in God's eyes. So in script- it's, it's making anybody stumble. Yeah, and I think Paul does a great job when he's always my children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's a good segue into... This week's topic, you know, getting ready for this, I watched the videos last weekend, and I, I texted you, man, my heart breaks for what adults are doing to each other, um, for what adults are doing to kids in this I world as it relates to, to sex and purity. And so many of us are creating these huge stumbling blocks. You, know, you you surprised me. I didn't realize that this isn't a new thing. I think you touched that on class, but... Yeah. <clears throat> well, of course, you know, we want to give technology some credit that it really it doesn't deserve. <clears throat> I go back to Ecclesiastes where Solomon writes, you know, that there's no there's no new sin under the sun. And, and that's the truth. I kind of aged myself today in class, but I was very impressed because I was like, there's this movie that was produced in the, the late 80s called Total Recall. <laughs> Half the class knew what it was. But now, mind you, the class was only six this week. <laughs> but still, half the <laughs> class knew what Total Recall was. And I, I believe that was the first time in my life that I experienced what a virtual world is like. Mm. Right. So the premise of this, of this movie is this guy goes to this uh, shop and he can live out these fantasy dreams world right and immerse yourself and everything's built around it. it's like real matrix right the matrixy like you're actually living and feeling everything that that's going on in that, in that world so that was the first time I, I i experienced that i can relate back like oh that's that's that 
And then we, uh, I didn't mention it in class, but I talked to you about it. It's like, look at Sims. What does Sims do? You're creating a, a world. And then we led to, we know we have a bunch of gamers in, in our in our class uh, where we talked about games like Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> so do you know much about Grand, Grand Theft Auto? I hadn't even heard. I mean, I knew you went around killing people and, and stealing cars and it was just general mayhem. And, you know, back in the 90s, we're like, all, everybody's going to hell um, that plays Grand Theft Auto. But like, you told me that there's some things that have been in there for a long time that are deliberately sexual. Yeah. yeah so I, I talked in classes, like even if you're living pure, right? The thing about when we were growing up, we had the purity culture. So we're like, Oh yeah, I'm not having sex. I'm not doing anything, but I want to experience what that's like. Here comes Grand Theft Auto. You can literally go buy a hooker, have sex with them, kill them off, move on. Right. And all that gives you life experience. You get these game points. Shut up. It makes you bit bigger and better, right? Well, you unlock it's some kind of achievement. Yeah, you know? but um, yeah. yeah. And let's put that in a life application. Oh man, you had sex with her. Oh, obviously this is for males, right? For males, yeah. we're like that way, like achievement. Unlocked. Yeah, it's an achievement, exactly. Right? Is it an achievement for the young lady? Absolutely. Right. Usually, it turns out to be like, oh, she's a slut. Well, I think they're actually starting to try to make promiscuous women a thing. They want it to be equal. And uh, I think that's the wrong direction. Like, well, not to some people. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like the natural outgrowth of feminism. that There's no difference between men and women. And since men can be wretched sexual beings, then women should be able to do that, too. And we know that they're wretched, too. I mean... It was really cool because it goes back to what week six was, which was pornography and yep. and masturbation. And when we looked at those numbers to see how how it, women were not far from men in in yeah. addiction, right? And we have the cougar dilemma. Oh, yeah. So you want know right? How fitting is it that they're called cougars because they're predators mm -hmm. going after innocent boys? Maybe they're not so innocent. They're watching stuff and, and, and they're kind of, I think the society is planting these seeds in young boys. And so when they get the opportunity to be with an older woman, more mature, is more developed, that's a dream come true for some of these kids. And so it's easier to get to prey on these kids because they've already been kind of led to this point. They've been groomed. Mm -hmm. Right. By society, by, by the devil almost. Yeah, but the ones that are doing it are the ones that are leading the grooming. Mm. So, yeah, they're stealing people's innocences, mm -hmm. right? Because at 18 years old, you're absolutely right. As as young men, oh, yeah, a woman is yeah. interested in me. Yeah. I mean, Whether we're being groomed or not, it's already in us because that's where we're hitting our sexual infancy of it, right? Like before we get um, really in our overdrive. So, it's pretty easy because it's just your mind that's like, hey, yeah, you should do that. You should do that. Yeah. yeah. So, I've had a uh, little funny thing. It's not really funny, but showing like a court case where a woman teacher, so they had the guy, this adolescent, on truck on the stand and asking these questions. Like, did this happen? He's like, yeah. They're like, did, did people call you names? He's like, yeah, they call me the champ. 
all this stuff. Like, and like it was a, an amazing experience for them. They're trying to like make it sound bad, but in this light, they're saying this is the boy's dream. Like, and, and the judge right is giving mm-hmm. him dap. He's yeah, like, yeah. I mean, makes me think of Garth Brooks' song that summer. Like, it's a just he was working on this farm and this lonely widow woman, you know, seduced him. And, you know, it, I mean, that was country music back in the nineties. You know? <clears throat> it's been around for a while. And there's a lot of porno actually derived to that. Like the pool boy, yeah. these, these things where it's a, a younger boy coming into the presence of an older woman and she seduces him. Yeah. And these, there's countless movies made about that. This is Robinson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Stacy's uh, mom. Stacey's got it going on. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, it's just a progression. Um, so, we can talk Total Recall. We can, um, we can talk about GTA. Uh, we can even go into, um, before we get to actual, like, VR, like, through Quest, Oculus, and stuff like that, we have um, ICQ. We have... AOL online. Mm. We have Yahoo chat. We have all these different chat rooms, right? Or different ways to communicate with someone. And, uh, it, it increased the, the drive for people to, to do the wrong things. And, uh, I can, I can recall like my young brother, he got me into chat rooms, right? And he's, he's four years younger than me. And he's like, yeah, he's like, he's like, I, I basically put your information in stating that I'm an adult and I go to these chat rooms and they have video footage now and there's women that just get on there and this is before the paid mm-hmm. yeah. before they're paid right but the affirmation that they're getting from yeah. men yeah. to be like oh but they're preying on young boys right? this is before the actual social media star before you get money this yeah. was already being done before the level that they're at now. They just want their own self-gratification. They want you to put all these grotesque things in the chat, and they feel like, this is for me. I'm, they're boosting their own self-image, but it's negative, right? It's it's the heroin hit mm. that they're getting. That dopamine. Yeah. yeah. Um, all of the, it's just crazy, right? The dopamine, the way it affects us, it's just... It's crazy, you know. I've really this year has been a year of transformation. I'm I'm getting to heal from all the things that have happened in my life and to understand how that works, um, <clears throat> and how the devil is so great at taking something God created it and just twisting it, you know. And um, like it, just the other day, we were um, before I left to Houston. Edith and I were sitting down, and uh, Ariana was like was uh, telling Lainey, like, oh, yeah, Dad had girlfriends uh, since kindergarten. And uh, Lainey was like, oh, that's gross. And I was thinking about the level of innocence that of that. Praise God. Yeah. And it made me really think, like, what what drove me? Because it wasn't like when I was a kid, it wasn't like, you're my girlfriend. It was like, you're my girlfriend, and things come with that. Growing up, I never really understood. But this year, right, I got to come out and tell people about my trauma. But literally, it was a, a matter of less than a year from the from trauma to the time I started finding a girlfriend. Yep. You know Same what I mean? For me. And to me, that was like I had blocked it out, and until now, forty three years old, that it was like it makes a lot of sense now. Yep. It makes a lot of sense of 
why I did the things that I did. I'm not saying that I would have been any more better. Only God would know, right? But it does make sense of how that trauma affects everything. And, and this video talks about that, <clears throat> that usually sexually addicted people have some sort of trauma. But now, that's not even the case. Yeah. I, I, I can't recall that I had any particular trauma. But uh, starting at 12, I became addicted to pornography. I mean, it didn't start off like right off the bat, but as time grew, it's just keep looking at it, you keep craving it, you keep getting that dopamine hit. And the fear of rejection from real people. Yeah. But trauma doesn't have to be physical. Trauma can be verbally and it can be visual. Mm -hmm. And that's the part that a lot of people miss when mm -hmm. we talk about trauma. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we talk a lot about in class that you start to believe the things that you're told because it's just con continuously. You're, oh, you're a bad person. You suck. Or whatever the case would be. That you start to believe that and then you identify yourself as that. I'm addicted to porn. So, I mean, that's who I am. Mm -hmm. You knew who I was. Mm, yeah. I just realized it now. But you saying that about a lot of people don't realize. Um, when my counselor, she didn't make me, but she strongly recommended I go into inpatient uh, therapy. And I was surprised when they told me that there were a lot of EMTs and a lot of firemen, even some policemen, who had serious issues with PTSD, not because they were in it, but because they responded to it. Just showing up at a car wreck, showing up at a burning house, like they see trauma. And so, you know, it's, it's deceptive that where you think, well, I wasn't actually harmed, but you can see something that can traumatize your brain. You can hear something that traumatizes your brain. You don't have to be the one in it. So a lot of times I've, just, I've seen people downplay potentially traumatic experiences because they weren't the one being harmed. But stress is the logical response to witnessing a traumatic event. You don't have to be in it. So I'm watching movies and like graphic movies. I mean, can that can that trigger certain things? Yeah, could. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, we can't erase those images that we see. <clears throat> and I think that's the importance that we have, um, you know, talking to the audience that we're talking to. You, you don't have children now. But you have brothers, you have sisters, you have cousins. You have people of the, of the church that you may hang out with their kids. And we have to protect each other from that stuff. Yeah. Right? That we shouldn't allow, it's okay for me what was the, the verse? It was in today, right? And I know, I know a lot of people use it for, like, um, alcoholics, right? Like, hey, if you know there's an alcoholic coming to your party, don't have alcohol, right? Don't be their stumbling block. That's the same concept. It's like, oh, I don't know if they're struggling with that, but I'm not going to be the one to introduce it to them. Because, like, things like even heroin or even, you know, other drugs, it's a part of, like, oh, someone introduced it to me. So, someone explained it like this. You never know what you're going to be addicted to and there's like light switches that you can turn on you try something once and sometimes all it takes is that one time and as soon as you turn it on the light switch breaks that little knob thing comes off and you can never <clears throat> shut it off again you tried it once and it's done for you so I mean pretty much every little thing can be like that and you don't know what's going to stick and 
maybe you didn't intend for it, but porn was that thing for me, and, and by the grace of God, Jesus, I've redeemed from that, but um, I, drugs, alcohol, that kind of stuff never really had had it for me, but that's someone else's addiction, right? And uh, I know we're talking heavy about porn, but it's, it's important because now let's take it, because chat rooms, video chat rooms, porn, right? Now we're talking about the Oculus, a virtual reality headset that you can put on, right? Um, I'm not sure if I shared this with you. So one of my greatest fears, like I get like super anxious about, is the concept of space, outer space, hmm. right? Um, mostly because it's like we're in, we're just nothing, right? In the sense of the second, we're nothing. We're like less than a particle of dust in this big vast universe. And we don't have control of it, and uh, the Andromedon is going to crash into us in four billion years, and what's that going to be like? And black holes. What is it with black holes? <laughs> right? It's true. Just like a <laughs> yeah. What so, is it with black holes? Exactly. So when I think about it, I, I get anxious, really because I, then I start to think, like, God created all of this. He's in full control of this. And then I get started going down, thinking about eternity, like, and not being able to grasp that. And I think that's why I get so anxious because, like, you can't grasp it. I don't think our minds are, our human minds are even have the capacity to understand certain things. Like, yeah. we become more evolved. Yeah, we're evolved. We're more spiritually gifted. Mm-hmm. We'll have all the capacity we need. Yeah. So to, to bring it back, where, where I was relating to is that I have an Oculus and I I will go into space to help okay. soothe myself. To like, I need to overcome exposure this therapy. So you yeah. just float around in space. Literally, yeah. Hmm. Like you the first the first time I did <laughs> floating car. I can barely get in out of our atmosphere. <laughs> I haven't made it to Mars just quite yet. But but literally, like when I first did it, it was like two seconds and I couldn't. So gradually, I'm like, okay, okay. Now when I do it, I'm more like, God, I should not fear this because. You created it, right? So I'm going further and further, but I, I want to use that example because I'll bleep it out. Um, I mean, we're all websites. adults. We're all adults. So that website, right, and other websites like that one have now virtual reality pornography. Okay, there are systems out there that these guys are going to tie into, right? So with the Oculus, you have uh, visual and hearing. Soon, these machines are going to have, which is going to be gross smell and touch the touch thing's already out right See, vibration ready player one right ready mm-hmm. player one yeah it's the, the octave what i don't know what kind of suit it is but mm-hmm. haptic suit i think is what it is where you can actually feel everything well yeah. they tried that back with uh nintendo uh, like you had that the gloves and the vest, the vest pack mm-hmm. yeah like you could actually feel it i mean yeah we're moving that still there with you know the vibrating controller but i mean it's not new yeah it's like been to slowly a '90s, another '90s, '80s, movie, '90s demolition man. They weren't allowed to have physical contact, but they put these little helmets on and they had sex. Yeah. And, and you, you stole my car. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Who invited you? No, just <laughs> but yeah, it's nothing new. But it is scary to think like this advancement. Really, it's like they've shown us like oh. I remember seeing that as a kid, and I was like, ah, that's funny. That's great. That'll that's, never happen. That's dumb. <laughs> but here, here it is. It, it, 
it's the now moment. So the one thing I, I, I told the, um, the young adults is like, you're eventually, by God's grace, you're going to have kids. And you may think this is dumb just like the way I thought it was dumb when I was your age. But now, I know I'm terrified. Yeah. I am terrified to know that it's a reality. I go, but we're both, I'm, I didn't say this, but I'm thinking of now. But I'm blessed. I'm blessed that God's in my life now, that I can walk my kids through this. My dad, and unfortunately, you know, my, my parents didn't walk me through it, right? And one thing I want to wanna make sure uh, I, I put this out here. I talk about my parents this way because I've asked them for forgiveness. I asked them to forgive me for having hate in my heart growing up. And it makes it sound like my parents were absentee. They they, they were absent, but they weren't, at their, they weren't absent because they wanted to be absent. It's because they had to take care of us, right? And I don't want to make it sound like my parents were horrible people. They weren't. They're just like the rest of us, broken people. But they had six kids they had to take care of. You know what I mean? And now I, I only have two kids. I have a well-paying job. It gives me the ability to, to do things that my parents weren't able to. And it's only by God's blessing, right? Seeing my parents suffer made me be like, I don't want to do that. So they still play the effect, uh, an effect on us. Like, we need to be better than our parents. And I hope my kids are better than me. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I think it's important for us to be able to walk our kids through it. So the, these <clears throat> young men and women in our class need to be prepared for when the opportunities one to guard their own heart but secondly how much what is there now that we're kind of like that's not going to happen that they're like that's not going to happen that more likely is going to happen right and the ready player one is probably a great example it is their total recall but we we live in this world we need to know how to how to live in it but not be part of it that's a big reason we realized we needed this curriculum because the world is screaming about sex. I mean, Disney Channel is talking about sex. Blue's Clues is talking about sex. We have to be talking about this because if we don't show what right looks like, they're going to see what wrong looks like around every turn. So this is just one opportunity, and we praise God that we have this opportunity so that we can help shine a light on this darkness. We can have an idea what to do, where to go. The same way God shines his light in, in us, right? It's hard for us to see our own iniquities. That's why we love the darkness. But you know, thank God to him that he's willing to come in and we can be candles to, to spread his light. That makes me think of such a simple song. And as a grown adult, I can really find value in this little light of mine. Like, yeah. growing up, I'm like, okay, like, I get it now. So, <clears throat> would you say that just stay away from virtual reality? Or is that, like, is this the future and we have to learn how to navigate it and be a part of it but not let it become, I don't know, not infest us? Sort of like the internet. Tell me one person who can stay off the internet. Like, the internet in a whole, right? I mean, there's places you can go and get in trouble. And, well, there, yeah. there's, there's dudes in Tibet that can stay off the internet. Yeah, <laughs> probably Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, that's an excellent question. Um, obviously, you you know that I have Matterport, right? Which is a three D scanning system, which Matterport works with Quest. So, um, do I shy away from using virtual reality? No, there's there's good applications for virtual reality. You know, um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up an an instance. 
uh, or a specific example of how the topic we're talking about can be used for good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's talk about people who are disabled. All right. Right. And physically, they can't experience what we experience as people who aren't disabled. So we take it to the sense of the de- demolition man, right? With Neuralink, this is going to be something possible for people um, who who have MS, who have um, these in in immobility issues that they're going to be able to experience orgasms and all these different things, right? Can that be used in a good sense? Like, hey, I'm married. I'm married. We're both disabled and we want to experience this. Right? Because when we talked about sex, is it only for procreation or was it for more than procreation? I think he wouldn't have made it pleasurable if it was only for procreation. It's for intimacy in our so no we don't run away from it but just like anything at all we have to go back to week one is our identity in Christ and his full authority of how things should be done right God permitted virtual reality and Neuralink to come to existence now because I was bragging about the battery not draining on my iPad just like last week or the week two weeks ago I was like I don't have to go to the restroom um, my battery's almost draining completely. <laughs> uh, but, but I want to get to the one thing um, that I said when we were doing our, our getting ready for this. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about sexting. Yeah. Um, everybody knows about texting. I think everybody understands the issues of tech, the sexting, right? We understand that even if you delete the message, it's never gone. The federal government has your information, right? <clears throat> it's all out there. You're going to send nudes, all this stuff, it's out there. You don't know if you're going to end up with that person, right? Even if you are, I still recommend you do not. Yeah. Okay? Uh, not to do those things. We're going to set that aside. All right. Do you have the Bible app on your phone? I do. Do you have the Bible app on your phone? I have two different Bible apps, yes. Okay. Do your kids have the Bible app on any of their tablets or phones or anything that they have access to? Sure. They have the Bible app for kids. Bible app for kids uh, have the same concept as far as um, taking a scripture and adding an image to it and that you can post and share with your friends. I mean, you could take a screenshot. Actually sending a message to a friend on the app. Using the Bible app to... Shut up. Wow. No. Yes. People are sending noodles through no. the Bible app. Shut up. Parents... <laughs> are realizing that their kids are so into God hmm. that they're spending five to six hours a day on a Bible app. What's your evidence? <laughs> like, so I'll, I'll have to share it with you. I'll, I'll find it. Um, so there was a, a, a survey and a research done on uh, screen time, and the Bible app is one of the most used apps for screen time. Okay. So they went to investigate, like, oh, what's going on? They come to find out. At the age of 16 through 24, 25% of that age group is sending um, nudes through the Bible app. So how much percent? 25%. That's nuts. And it, like, it's not surprising though, because if, when we go back to to the pornography, 65% of the church is dealing with it. Yeah. Guess what? That age group is in that 65%. 
it, it, it makes me the think of, of the father. Yeah, and it also makes me think of like Jurassic Park, where life life will find a way, sort of thing. When we shut down our kids from having everything, they're going to find a way, and this is their way of finding. Is this the mother of all loopholes? The Bible itself, the app that you think is. I'm not going to have a physical Bible, but I'm going to carry around this Bible app, and now here it is. But I, I, I wanted us to end in that because I, I want us to realize there is no such thing as sheltering. We just have to be more aware and more involved with our kids. And what we've done, everything in our, our 12 weeks is the part is like, we all know it's bad, but why is it bad and why we shouldn't do it? It's giving them real reason for this. The devil's going to find a way to take the innocence of things and perverse it. Yeah. And it's nothing new. And it's going to be around until our king returns. That's a good segue bringing it back. Is when he returns, when he will finally show us that there is redemption. And we mentioned it before with porn masturbation. We mentioned it with sexual immorality in dating relationship. VR porn. Sexting through the Bible app. There's redemption. Step, the first step is recognizing what you're doing sinful. But scripture says over and over and over again when we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive. And the prophet said, There's none righteous, no, not one. That's why Jesus came. And I think that's the essence of the gospel is we're created in the image of God. Satan got his foot in the door. God came so that we could be redeemed, so that we could be forgiven. We're called to follow him, but we're going to fail. We're going to fall off the bike. We talked about last week. We're going to sin. No matter what it is, whether it's sleeping with a boyfriend and girlfriend, whether it's VR porn, sexting through the Bible app, there is redemption. There can be holiness out of darkness. Jesus showed us that. The clearest example of redemption was the Son of God coming, living a perfect life, teaching the truth of his word, dying, and then coming back from the dead. He redeemed death itself. He can redeem our sin. Satan wants to tell us he can't be redeemed. Talk about that early on, that I'm too broken, I'm too sinful, I'm too wounded. That's Satan. The message of the cross is, that's a lie. There's reconciliation, there's redemption, there's glorification, there's sanctification, and the end of the book shows that. We were talking about it a little bit in class. Yes, you can read lots of judgment in Revelation, but the end of the book says there is redemption. There will be judgment, but there's redemption, and we can rest assured that it can happen today in our sin, but it will happen in eternity as well. Yes, absolutely. Glad you brought up Revelation because we're about to <clears throat> start up our Wednesday class where we'll, where we will go through Revelation to show how many opportunities we get for redemption yeah. when he reveals himself, which is going to be great. Uh, Clint, go ahead and ask your question because we're about to run you, out of You said one, one thing and I said, uh, Satan uses our sin to shame us. And we use that sh- our shame to tear ourselves down and destroy our own self-worth. Because I've done that to myself forever to make myself just feel worthless 
and um, humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less, right? So I got it backwards for pretty much my entire life. I want, I want to make myself feel like crap, so I didn't think too highly of myself, too much pride. So now it's where the, because of the shame that Satan was making me feel, I thought I was alone. So you're not alone. Absolutely, you're not alone. We're not alone in this. And thank you for bringing that up. Um, after Sean praises this out, uh, I will put in uh, the shark video that I sent out in the, yeah. in the text message because it talks just about that. What we're supposed to do with shame. It's, it was very impactful for me. And uh, I'm ready to share that. Um, next week, we will have combined service, so there's no class. Yep. Um, make sure that we give what God gives us back to, yeah, to people. We're going to pack the pulpit. And then uh, <clears throat> the week after that, we will finish up. Sean will be back in class. Yes. And uh, we finish this course the way we started it. Identity in Christ. Absolutely. Father, we thank you for blessing us. We thank you for showing us what's only possible through you. Lord, we shouldn't be surprised. We shouldn't be shocked. But we see it from the beginning of our creation. And we see it today. It'll be here tomorrow. That we are sinful people that need you. You call us to obedience, but Lord, you know that we can't do it on our own. And that when we try, we just fall into more sin, even if it's just pride. So Lord, give us humility, but help us not to listen to Satan, that we can't do enough. But Lord, that we can be shameless because of who you are. Because you redeemed it all, we can be confident in who you are and what you've done. Lord, bless us. Make us more like you every day. Give us courage to step forth and shine a light in this world for you. Father, be glorified in our lives. We praise you. We thank you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. After Sean praises us out, uh, I will put in uh, the shark video that I sent out in the, in the text message because it talks just about that. It's a really, really crucial thing that you begin to understand what is your own experience of shame. When you begin to think back into recent memory or uh, many, many years ago, which stories in your life do you actually feel a great amount of shame around? And so part of what I would say is that if you want to disempower shame, you have to begin to turn and face it. So what do I mean by facing shame? One of the stories that I read in the last couple years that I loved uh, was uh, taken from an interview with a guy by the name of Andy Casagrande. He's got the show called Shark Week on the Discovery Channel. So essentially Andy gets in the waters with these great white sharks and he was interviewed and said, you know, you don't have a cage. Um, you're free diving. What in the world are you doing? Uh, what do you do when there's a great white shark that's about to eat you. Andy thinks about it for a minute and then says this. He says, it's really counterintuitive, uh, but when that shark begins to swim at me, I swim in the same direction as the shark with the camera. And what he says is that that shark will actually bonk its nose against the camera lens, and then it begins to have this fear response in the amygdala that basically says, I don't know what this thing is that's swimming at me. Everything in the whole entire ocean as a great white 
swims away from me, what is this? And so what ends up happening is the shark doesn't know what it is, so it swims off in fear. And what Andy goes on to say is this really pivotal sentence. He says, if you do not act like prey, they will not treat you like prey. And to me, that has so much to do, uh, that has so much to teach us about the nature of shame in our lives. All of us have great white memories. All of us have great white behaviors uh, that we are trying to swim away from. And yet what you find is that the more you try to swim away from shame, the more that it's going to eat you alive, the more that it's going to basically affect the trajectory of your entire life. But what we can do with shame is to actually begin to face it. Uh, we can bring other people in to say, you know, this is the shame that's coming up in my life. These are some of the behaviors, these are some of the experiences that I've had that if I'm honest, uh, I feel like I'm really dirty. Uh, if I'm honest, I feel like this struggle is going to stay with me for my entire life. And what happens when we swim at the shark of shame, in community with other people who are also swimming at their own sharks uh, is that we create a community where it's safe, it's good to begin to talk about our struggles and the difficulties that we face. And the more that you swim in the direction of shame, the more that you will come to disempower it. This concludes this week's podcast. Just remember when the world tries to get you to 